Hey, hello everybody, and welcome to another episode of Finito, the Myth the Movie podcast where we look at myths and legends from around the world and how it's influenced the movies we know and love. I am your host, Henry Finnegan, putting the fin in Finito, and every week I'm joined by my co-host, the ever-lovely Amy. Actually, I do believe I am Henry. I'm Henry Finnegan. No, I am Henry Finnegan. <laughs> you cannot prove otherwise. I'm Spartacus. Oh, I love that film. Well, is this one about Spartacus? Well, it's not about Spartacus, but it's it's a similar similar Spartans. sort of, similar sort of uh, area, not really. area, isn't it? Oh, they're like related to like that kind of thing. Yeah. Do you yeah. want to do you want to tell us what this week's episode is? It's about Medusa. Medusa. The, the snake lady. Well, you look at her and then you turn to stone, or something happens. Something ha- something bad happens. Ah, Medusa, 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 ay, ay. Did you just make up that sound? <laughs> no, it's, it's Kate Bush, isn't it? But I've never heard that in my life. Babushka. Sounds terrible. But I just changed it to. Mamusa. Mamusa. <laughs> Kate Bush. But nope. No, okay. Anyway, so Medusa. Snake lady. As you said, snake lady. Lady of the snake. Obviously, when people say Medusa, they automatically go to snake head, as you just said. Snake head! Well, they go to that film, and I can't remember what it is, when they're trying to hide, and then they use, like, mirrors and stuff. But we'll, we'll get onto that bit yeah, first. Yeah, that's but, what always comes back for me. But yeah, most people, that's probably people's like most... Someone taking their hat off, and you're like, oh, what's under their hat? Oh my god, it's a load of snakes! What's that? <laughs> Was she at a wedding or something, taking a hat off? I <laughs> I saw something with Medusa in it and she had a hat on and she took it off and everyone was like, oh, it's going to be hair and it was a load of snakes. Imagine that. I, imagine that. Scary. Indeed, uh, listeners. Imagine that. Oh, uh, no. Yeah, so Medusa. Medusa. Medusa is often seen as a a, a lady with sn- snakes for hair. Instead, Every lady instead. should have snakes. Yeah, and sometimes, depending yeah. on which stuff, that she sometimes has a snake body. And Ooh. or sometimes she just has has legs uh, and what she has legs and then a snake torso. No, she has like a snake, like a serpent tail, and she rides around on it. But she has a serpent tail. Yeah, and legs. So she's a lizard. No, no. She, sometimes she has. Anyway, we're getting away from ourselves here. <laughs> it's, there's different depictions of how she looks, and so sometimes sometimes she's um, described as being a hideous face, and sometimes she's being described as being. Uh, a fairly attractive woman. Hang on, wait. So whoever's seen her has described her face. But I thought whoever saw her turns to stone. Well, that's no, it's this direct eyesight. But let's not get away from ourselves you here. You fool let's... me not, sir. <laughs> you make no sense. It never makes sense. Yeah, so to understand the, the story of Medusa, we've kind of got to go and annoyingly talk about somebody else now to talk about a medusa we first have to go back and find out who perseus is oh really yeah so perseus is a tale or perseus is a, is a person from he's a dude, yeah is from greek mythology i mean isn't he yeah from greek mythology and basically there's a couple of stories that perseus he actually interacts with medusa but we're going to lead up to the tale of medusa and his interaction so for, before going on about Perseus and Medusa, we want to find out why he goes to, to Medusa. So, I'm going to butcher these butcher these names now. Acrisius, the king of Argos, was told by an oracle, an oracle called uh, Delphi, not Julie Delphi. Is that just, where the Argos shop name comes. From? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he uh, he was told by his um, uh, by an oracle called Delphi that his own grandson would eventually kill him one day. 
was. Yeah, so his grandson would be the f- the child of his daughter, um, uh, Danae. I, I think that's how you say her name. And scared of his destiny and his his future potential grandchild killing him, Acrisius decided to deprive his daughter of um, of the possibility of the love making and intercourse. And he built a room beneath the earth and imprisoned oh, her there. That's pretty unfair. Yeah, so she couldn't. Couldn't you just get let the grandson be born and be like, listen? I hear that you're going to kill me. Well, can you please not do that? Well, so basically, legend says legend. It's just like an accident, <laughs> like a Final Destination moment. No, it's an accident. I didn't mean to do oh, it. Oh, I didn't mean to kick him off this cliff. So there's different there's different versions of this. Cause as with a lot of Greek mythology, there's several different versions of the same story, which we'll get onto later, which is quite important with this particular uh, myth. So, uh, so with this one, Acrisius imprisons his daughter Danae underneath the ground. Now, this particular legend says that Zeus, not Wolf Zeus, but Zeus, <laughs> Zeus, Zeus really wanted Danae for some reason, really? and forms turns so unattainable. T- yeah, turns himself into golden rain, which <laughs> which pierces through the walls of the chamber and into golden her rain. and into her body. Now, Ew. it's not really described. Zeus had a tendency of forcing himself on women, yeah, or basically, honestly, but, but basically, guy. basically raping uh, women. Yeah. Yeah, but, but depending on which story you read, sometimes w- the women would give themselves to him, and then sometimes it's described as rape. So depending on whoever's telling you the story, it's um, uh, uh, the guy just didn't know the meaning of the no. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly, no. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, he he penetrates uh, Danae's body and with the rain. Yeah, with himself, and Perseus is born. So hearing the news and not believing that Zeus has managed to penetrate his secret prison, Chryseus eventually decides to let his daughter and the grandchild out, and he puts her on the, on the open ocean with Perseus, and they go off. So that means Perseus is a half-god. Okay. So he's half-human, half-god. And so they put him on the ark, and eventually... Demigod. Yeah, demigod, yeah, exactly. Like Maui. Maui. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so and eventually they come to the shores of, of Seriphos uh, Island, where they're saved and they're adopted by a local couple. And the man uh, being the brother of the king of the island, um, Polydecus. Anyway, so eventually Perseus grows up to be one good-looking son of a gun. And he's also extremely strong. And he finds himself in front of, uh, in the way of Polydecus, who wanted Danae to become his wife. So Perseus' mum, he wanted to become his wife, knowing that she would never give her, give herself to him as long as Perseus was there to basically stop him, <laughs> stop him taking her. Uh, the king uh, comes up with a plan to send Perseus far away on a dangerous mission. Said dangerous mission is to bring back the head of the Gorgon Medusa. So he does, he sends him on his task all just to get a bit of a... A thing with his mum. Pretty Why much. Why is it yeah. all like focused around like sex and stuff? So this goes on to the story of Perseus and Medusa. Now Medusa was actually one of three sisters, the Gorgons, but she was the only mortal one. So the other, the other two weren't mortal, and they all had kind of different things. But anyway, different versions of the story say they're they're monsters and stuff, and the predominant myth has them as attractive women. Like three attractive women. How do they know that? She wasn't always Medusa. She didn't always turn people to stone. So, so in this, so basically, in this version of the story, now I'm saying this version of the story because um, because we're going to come on to a different version just after this. Okay. So in this version of the story, Poseidon, who's also sometimes referred to as Neptune, depending on the Greek and Roman, yeah, yeah, it was dad. Remember, you won't knock him after this. Um, in this version, man? Poseidon was crazy about Medusa because she was extremely attractive. It's all those snakes, but she didn't 
care for him. So Poseidon turns her and her sisters into monsters with live snakes covering their heads. That's not nice. Medusa kept her beautiful face, but everything else was, you know, monstrous and stuff. But whoever dared look at her directly in the in the eyes would be turned to stone. How come, like, he can turn, like, women into stuff, like, that's unrelated to the sea? Like, I thought it would be more along the lines of, I'll turn you into a dolphin, or I'll, you'll be a half shark and a half woman. Not like you can have snakes on your head. Or they could be, you know, some kind of a weird, you know, one of those ones that are deep sea fish that light up, that no one can see. I don't know what they're called. <laughs> Back then, that's the thing, they were... They're, they're, the Titans and the gods and stuff, they weren't they were gods of certain areas and stuff. And Isn't things. Poseidon the god of the sea? No, but they had certain powers. They they weren't just because they were appointed to that area. It's like, okay, you look after that. They were still had other they had powers. A, they had a, their own departments, but they could spread out their powers into different <laughs> <powers>. <laughs> Yeah, anyways. It's not so, very organized. So then Perseus has obviously been sent to kill Medusa or tag her head, and he asks Athena and Hermes uh, to help and to help help him. Well Hermes comes from that delivery. Yes, that's why Hermes is called Hermes because Hermes gives him winged sandals so he can fly. So, <laughs> so he flies to the end of the world where the Gorgons live, and he has a cap. That, and he has a cap that makes him invisible, like Harry Potter and his cape, <gasps> and a sword and a mirrored shield. The mirrored shield, obviously, being what he uses to see where Medusa is without looking directly into Medusa's eyes, and then he can cut her head off. Are you sure? Like, I'm sure if people looked at the, are you sure you can't look into the mirror? And then if you see in the mirror, then you'll die. No, you can, you can see so the you mirror. Can. You can see the mirror. I'm sure I saw one version where if you even saw her in a reflection... Yeah, you, you turn to stone. Yep. But that's the, that's the thing, there's different stuff because... And like, someone had a blindfold on, and they were like fighting her with their... Because when he, when he fights her, in I remember one of the versions, one of the versions I found is that she's asleep and he sneaks in and while she's asleep he goes, ah, and chops her, tra- her head yeah. up. I was like, so, oh, that's quite easy then. And I remember even another version where he shows her the reflection of herself and she and turns herself and turns stone. Yeah, but yeah. I couldn't find any actual evidence to back that up and other yeah. than other people saying it. There was no I actual... Thought, I remember a version where she was like, had the body of like a spider. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I looked, I looked away with like small variations like yes she was asleep was it awake <laughs> no she had the body of a spy yeah, I don't know. <laughs> was it you know in the more modern versions of the Perseus thing I know we're talking about the film now you're not supposed to talk about the films <laughs> anyway but the more modern versions of the films like in recent years with that bloke from the Terminator and whatever I'm sure one of them is like a, a body of a spider and she's crawling everywhere it's crab it's crabbish spiderish no, well, Perseus Perseus doesn't just fight Medusa. He fights a myriad of creatures. But I'm sure she was a crabbish kind of... Okay. There we go. Anyway, the weird thing about Medusa is that you don't really hear about. Weird thing about her. Not yeah. snakes. Is that well, after he cuts her head off, she? this is where the stories start to get a little bit dodgy. So two drops of blood come from her head and produce two creatures. One of them is Pegasus, the winged horse, you know, the flying horse. Oh. And the other one is Chrysor, or Chrysor. Giant, sometimes he's a winged boar, but most of the time he's referred to as a man. And he's a and giant, he, and but he's also a winged Depending boy. on which version you read. And sometimes he's just a bloke who gets married. So. Sometimes he's a bloke. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, not easy to spot, really. this is where it starts getting a bit weird because then Perseus takes the head back to... Yeah, and then it still turns people to stone. Yeah, it still turns people to stone. And then Athena uh, actually uses it and she places it on a shield and uses it to kill her enemies because it still had the magical power. Anyway, this is where it starts getting dodgy because those two drops of blood that produced those 
creatures is actually Poseidon's children. What? <laughs> exactly. Who's so, what? so basically. Well, because but he put the curse on her. Yeah. So in this version of the story, Poseidon oh. wanted her, but wasn't allowed. Wasn't allowed to. Her? Wasn't allowed to touch her. So this is where the misunderstanding of Medusa as a monster has has come around. Because the lie. When? When did the sperm get there? Well, that's what we're going to go into now. You don't really actually see that bit. Do you? Well, no, no. We do see this bit now. So this. I don't really want to see this, it. This is <laughs> this is the hidden story of Medusa. Okay. Now Medusa's always been portrayed as a hideous monster that Perseus has to slay to save the day. I just felt quite sorry for her. Well, you should feel sorry for her because yeah. this is the true story of Medusa. How do you know it's the true story? Because it's what originally happened. It's the original stories that they found. Right. The oldest ones. In your sources, um, <laughs> Asking someone there who wrote it, it's ridiculous because loads of people, there's two different versions. Anyway, so actually Medusa, Medusa, her name actually means guardian and protectress. And her tale is actually one to show that the Greek, Greek gods are actually horrible, horrible and people. Nasty. They're also very, like, realistically kind of, like, yeah, relatable. Yeah, relatable, they? yeah. They're they were. actually, well... No, no, because they're horrible they're, people, and there's horrible people in the world. Yeah, and they're, they're not, really horrible, Yeah, but they're, they're, not, they're not infallible, though. No, but they're really horrible, like, really bad. Yeah, but back... Like, they'd be in jail. Yeah, but if you live back in those times, people were pretty horrible back then anyway, weren't they? you know that? Either. What do you mean? There's because there's history records. What record? What do you what mean? From history? God times. Did that exist? God times. So from early Greek. When and did gods come down? They weren't there. What do you mean? Well, you know the Greek gods. It's not like a history. When thing. these stories were stories are told, there was people and there's recorded history of people telling these stories, and they had societies and stuff that was the crime was you know rife. There was people dying of, you know, diseases that are easily yeah. curable now and stuff like that. So it's, and slaves, slavery was a big thing back then as well. Slavery was a big thing. Up until Women's like rights that. were zero. Well, that's still prevalent. Yeah. So it was. This is which is which is one of the reasons why I wanted to talk about Medusa because. Well, let's not let's I not get to that. Anyway, so Medusa was actually a priestess for uh, Athena, okay. uh, the goddess. And she she was the virgin god, goddess of wisdom and battle. And she actually liked having a priestess. But one requirement of being a priestess was you had to be a virgin and give your life completely to the goddess. Anyway, Poseidon, who, as you said, is the god of the sea, but also a horny devil. He saw Medusa and decided to humiliate his rival, who was Athena. And he basically raped her on the steps of one of uh, Athena's temples. So what, Medusa? Poseidon raped Medusa. Oh. On the steps. Now, this is where it gets messed up because he, he leaves Medusa uh, vulnerable and weak and stuff. And Medusa, after being raped, turns to Athena, who's her goddess, who she's given her entire life to, and says, oh, you know, I've been raped. What what should I do and stuff? Did she tell her to get lost? She tells her to get lost because oh, you know man. why? What's the requirement of being a priestess? Yeah, but that's not like... Her fault. It's not her fault, not no. Her fault, so... Basically, Athena tells her to get lost and says, basically, you've been raped by Poseidon. You're now his partner forever. So automatically, she becomes Poseidon's wife because of the weird, messed up stuff about that. Anyway, Athena, uh, annoyed at this new arrangement, decides to curse Medusa. So it's not Poseidon that curses her. It's Athena that curses Medusa. That's very nice. Yeah. And although Poseidon obviously ranks her. Then Medusa is then sent away to a faraway island or sometimes, you know, a cave is referred to where she lives and is cursed that no man would ever want her again. And some some stories says that she's given... Do they, uh, like, secretly like Poseidon? Well, they all... All the gods back then used to kind of secretly like each other and 
you know, have interrelations and stuff. But sometimes it's referred to that she's had, was given chicken legs, sometimes with giant metal wings, cracks skin, she's mad, they're madness and, and stuff because of that. And obviously mm-hmm. they're snake hair and the ability to turn men to so stone. she was made a monster again, but not because she was not a nice person. No, so... She got mixed up in... Well, she did. That business. Medusa did nothing wrong. Yeah, yeah. Medusa didn't do anything wrong. So, and then, and even if you think about it, then before Perseus turns up, she's just rocking out. Well, rocking out in a cave, crying because she's upset. Men turn up, and then they automatically turn to stone. They think she's turning them to stone, but all she's doing is having a look. Hello! <laughs> oh no, you've turned to stone again. This keeps happening to me. Yeah, so men keep trying to kill her for some reason because of, I don't know to gain. It's like a challenge, yeah. isn't that? I guess. And she's scared of her own powers and obviously angry at uh, Athena and Poseidon. Uh, so she decides to get her revenge on anybody that comes to to kill her and stuff. And if I had snake hair and like could turn people to stone, I'd probably be, like walking around <laughs> turning people to stone. <laughs> Scaring people with my snake hair. Yeah, pretty much. That's what I'd do as well. Yeah, I'd try and kill... Um, I'd keep my eyes closed for like the people that I really like and be like, I can't look at you, I'm sorry. But can you feed my snakes, I wonder, I wonder if you wore like uh, sun sunglasses, like really dark sunglasses. No, you just have to have like... No, um, but could they? Could you look at you then? You'd be okay then, wouldn't you? What if they, they fell down? And if they fell down, of course, but what about... Like, ah! You know, if you're more like extreme goggles or something, no, blacked out lenses, polarised lenses so you can't see. Cloths over your eyes. You have to take precautions though. Anyway, so this is brings us back to when Perseus turns up and decides to move his flying shoes from Hermes <laughs> and the sword and the, uh, the crown, uh, sword, uh, the shield, and outsmarts her and kills kills her. So, oh. and then instead of two drops of blood, the children that Poseidon got her pregnant with, Pegasus and uh, Cryosaur then come out of her neck. Eww. When did this happen though? Like, when did they get pregnanted? So when he raped her, she was pregnant. But then what, he, for years and years? But then he curses her and traps her in this hideous form. And it's only when she's killed, the form is kind of t- opened and then That's there's horrid. Pegasus and stuff. Yeah. Did they like, feel really bad for their mum and go and kill their dad? Well, because no, one's a flying horse. I don't... <laughs> <laughs> Horses have feelings. I, I think doesn't Pegasus, uh, Pegasus, um, a Perse- Perseus, doesn't he end up flying? <gasps> yeah, with, he uh, makes friends with the horse. Yeah. Oh, who wouldn't? So, but <laughs> I mean, so that that story is completely. So basically, then, as I said, um, Perseus takes the head, takes it back to Athena and stuff like that, and, and she. That story of Medusa is of a woman who gets abused, cursed, thrown on an island, and then is just constantly harassed by men. And then eventually gets a head chopped off by one of them. But you'll know that the real tales, what happened, possibly what happened, are sometimes written over by whoever wants to, you know, tell a, a different story. Or trying to make a justification for why killing her was a thing. Like saying she was evil or whatever. Writing over, like, why she got to the snakehead stage. Kind of justifying, oh, I'll justify why I need to cut her head off. That's, you know, that's probably the reason why, isn't it? Yes, it's it's just a horrible, horrible story. Anyway, so that's the... the story of Medusa! Story of Medusa. Now, Medusa became quite a popular icon. Greek, on movies? No, in Greek... Oh, sorry, in, in Greek, Greek art, mythology. No, no, in artwork. That's what I'm trying to say. Artwork, so buildings and stuff and... You know, like the mosaics and stuff, all <gasps> to have their face, and actually became a, a symbol of uh, protection. 
Okay. So you you would have the shields and stuff with Medusa's face on it, almost a ward off. Did it influence snakes on a plane? No, it didn't. But before we go move on f- further, it did actually influence two gr- um, great pieces of art. And one of them I want to talk about is the Cellini's uh, famous mm. famous statue, Perseus and the head of Medusa's statue. That's actually in Piazza um, del Signoria, which is near Florence. Piazza del Florence. Signoria. So it's, for those who don't know, it's um, a sort of a naked man who's Perseus. And one hand he's got a sword, and the other hand he's holding the head of Medusa up high. And he's actually got a winged helmet uh, and her body's on the floor. And her body's on the floor, yeah. So, and so he's he's basically standing on her body. And this is quite famous. I remember seeing this from a, a, as, a as a child and stuff like that. And it's kind of one of the classic de- uh, depictions of Medusa. And obviously, knowing that as a child, I enjoyed the story of him fighting a monster, Perseus fighting a monster, and getting the the head and going back and stuff. But now knowing the real story of her being abused and raped and then thrown in a cave. And then him coming, it almost feels like... yeah. What a douche he yeah, was. What a bit of a douche. So, or, any- yeah, maybe he didn't know <clears throat> the full story. Yeah, so <laughs> so with certain recent movements in, in today's society, with, you know, the Me Too movement and women kind of standing up against kind of like misogynistic men. Misogynist! Yeah, fight, fighting misogyny in all walks of life, in, you know, film and all kind of jobs and stuff like that. Medusa actually started to become uh, an icon for uh, certain people in those movements and stuff. It doesn't end well for her, does it? No, it doesn't end well for her, but there was an image, there was an artist uh, called Luciano Gabbati, who's a 45-year-old, well, I think he was 45 at the time, Argentinian-Italian artist, who was, I think he was uh, Buenos Aires. Uh, Anyway, he, he made a statue in 2008, and it was actually the role reversed. It was... A statue of Medusa, so it's like a naked woman body with snake head, a snake hair. But in one hand she's got the sword, and in the other hand she's got Perseus's head. And he said that he made this statue after he read the the original story of her being raped. He felt it was only right that this was the true ending that Medusa deserved. Whose head was it? Perseus. Perseus's head. Could it be Poseidon's? Head? Yeah, it should be Poseidon's head. But, but then you'd never have the flying horse. Yeah, exactly. Well, and no, the other one? Uh, what well, was the other one? Chrysor, the big shiny warrior man. Why? Are they so weird can't they just be can't wouldn't they just look like their mum and dad like a seam a seaman a seaman and a, a snake a woman. seaman <laughs> yeah so the this that statue as i said was made in 2008 but because of the recent stuff actually that sim that statue started getting shared and became viral and people started using it as a you know women kind of standing up to the uh, history of misogyny so medusa was not only it was fa- made by a man yes <laughs> <laughs> She'll have control over stuff, don't they? Or is, yeah, he's he's a he's a he's a feminist. Anyway, potentially <laughs> that Medusa has affected a lot of stuff. It's affected art throughout uh, throughout history, and obviously it's affected films. And that's why we're here. So this is the part of the show where we go from myth to movie. <laughs> so we're we're going to going back to 1961. There's a film called The Seven Faces of Dr. Lau, <laughs> yeah, directed by George Powell. It stars uh, Tony Randall, who you may remember from uh, The Odd Couple and, and stuff. And he, uh, Tony Randall, Tony Randall stars in this film as Dr. Lau, which is he's a Chinese a doctor. <laughs> so, so anyway, so... Doctor, uh, the Seven Faces of Dr. Lau is about an, uh, an old Chinese gentleman uh, rising to a town in Arizona 
and changes it forever because he kind of has a circus with him. So this Chinese Chinese doctor uh, says that he's got a, he, ha, he has a circus and he has different types of creatures and stuff and they come and see the creatures and he has an abominable snowman. He has Merlin, Merlin the magician. He has um, a, a, a pan and he has a giant serpent and the serpent is supposed to be the Loch Ness monster. Merlin's magic his way out of it. Yeah, but it's but they each teach, each teach the villagers or the townsfolk a, a lesson. Teach. Each teach <laughs> they teach them a lesson. Now, actually, Tony Randall plays Medusa in this, so it's it's him with the green kind of wig on and stuff like that. And in the uh, in this scenario, the vi- uh, villagers turn villagers the townsfolk turn up to see this Medusa, and he said that they can only view Medusa. In a, her reflection in the mirror, because she'll surely turn you to stone. Obviously, people are going, "Wow, it's amazing! Oh, it's hideous and stuff." And then this one woman doesn't believe believe him, so she goes behind the curtain to stare at Medusa, and sure enough, she's turned stone oh, and she falls and falls back and stuff. Now, this is a bit Can of a de stone someone if you turn to stone. Well, usually they do, don't they? If you kill the thing, then it turns back into stone. But in this film. It's it's played for, sort of for laughs and stuff like that, and the Medusa isn't. I don't think he's even supposed to be the real Medusa. But as I said, this stars Tony Randall, and Tony Randall had to shave his head to be the Doctor Lau, the Chinese Doctor. Is he Chinese? No, Tony Randall is not Chinese. He's not, he was playing a Chinese Doctor. Yeah, but he's not only playing a Chinese Doctor. And he wasn't Chinese. <laughs> he's not only playing the Chinese Doctor. He's playing a, a Medusa who's a woman. So he's playing a woman's role. Why? Yeah, he plays all the characters. So, so anyway, so anyway, the studio wanted to publicly celebrate Tony Randall shaving his head for the role. I don't know why that was a big news piece, but apparently he shaved his head beforehand before the cameras could turn up. So they got all the hair off the floor and glued it back to his head, and then, and then photographed him shaving it off. Now the Medusa bit is only like a short, short bit here, so we'll move on to the next one. Then the next film came out several years later, called The Gorgon, which is obviously uh, Medusa was one of the Gorgon sisters. And this came out in 1964, directed by Terence Fisher. And it stars Christopher Lee, Peter Cushing, and Barbara Shelley, and Prudence Hyman as the, the Gorgon. Now, in this film, it's villages in a uh, middle Euro- Europe village are becoming pe- petrified. And although the authorities try and, like, corrupt the ma- matter and stuff... Petrificus totalis! A, a woman, uh, a gorgon, leaves her castle lair and anyone looking on her face is turned to stone. Uh, when the fate befalls this, some university folk turn up and it's Christopher Lee. and, uh, and Some Peter university Christmas. folk? Yeah. You university folk, full of trouble. Now, Get out of our town. Now, this film... Is that what they said? Yeah, probably. <laughs> now, this film has a, a twist in it. The twist is that one of the women is Medusa, but obviously the, oh. not much of that. But this film would see poorly at the time because of the special effects of Medusa. See, uh, the, the snakes on her head it was pretty bad. And Barbara Shelley, who played the woman before she turns into... Uh, so Prudence Hyman played her as the Medusa, but Barbara Shelley played it before she turned... Now, Barbara Shelley wanted to play both parts, the, the Gorgon as well as her, the other character, and suggested to the producers that she she had 
this own special wig that she made herself with live green snakes that she's actually woven into, into the hair and That's stuff. And they, they actually rejected it. They said no. They said, You're crazy woman. We said, we've got better special Get effects than that. Anyway, at the end, obviously seeing the abysmal special effects that was actually there, he was like, I should have listened to you and, and gone with it. Mm. And Christopher Lee was actually quoted once talking about this film. He said, the only thing wrong with the Gorgon is the Gorgon itself. <laughs> So, pretty forgettable. The woman in it is actually, the Gorgon's called Magira, but supposedly taken from Greek mythology. But actually, Greek Magira actually means jealousy uh, uh, in a different myth. And she's actually one of the Furies, the goddess of revenge, uh, not a Gorgon. So they kind of mixed that up there. Yeah, and also uh, in this film, Prudence Hyman, who plays Medusa in this, uh, was nearly decapitated for real. Uh, so <laughs> Christopher Lee was supposed to swing a sword and cut her head off, and they were supposed to cut just before they like cut her head, but she didn't move, and her head almost sliced by the sword. Oh. And the assistant director had to literally run and push her out the way because <laughs> Christopher Lee was just about to cut her head off, and it was so close they had to use a dummy in the end because Christopher Lee. <laughs> Almost killed her. Oh, so moving on to the eighties, oh, yeah. best best decade for this this podcast is Clash of the Titans. Clash of the Titans, nineteen eighty one, directed by De- Desmond Davis and Ray Harryhausen. Obviously, there's a lot of stop motion in this in this movie, and this is this is the one I kind of knew Medusa from. Is it you? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, as a kid, this is just one of the best films ever. I really feel like watching it again. Yeah, it's it's, it's so good. It's so good. But did you know, in this film, uh, Harry Hamlin plays uh, Perseus. Did you know that Maggie Smith is in this movie? Yeah, I remember. Is she one of the goddesses? Yeah, uh, she plays Fetus in in this film. Mm -hmm. So... The plot of this is slightly different. So Perseus, played by Harry Hamlin, as I said, is favoured by God Zeus, uh, played by uh, Sir Lawrence Olivier. But he's unwittingly off to sea by the goddess Fetus, played by um, Dame Maggie Smith. Now I forget. Uh, just to make things worse, Perseus falls in love with Andromeda, who used to be engaged to Fetus's son Calibos, which is played by. Uh, Neil McCarthy, and he's got that becomes that horned creature, doesn't he? That, oh. that chases him, mm-hmm. and then soon Percy's off on the adventures that we all know where he has to go and get the uh, Medusa's head and stuff. Now, the original script actually called for Perseus to cut Medusa's head off simply by throwing his shield at her in an attempt to please the UK standards at the time and their uh, censors. But Harry Hamlin was apparently so resistant to the idea that he kicked up a fuss and said he's got to change the, he's got to change the script to keep it in line with the original original mythology about him decapitating it. Mm-hmm. And they said they would do it. Anyway, he came to shooting the scene and it hadn't changed. So he kicked up a fuss and he ran back to his trailer and was like, no, no, I won't do it. And, don't it. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently he convinced yeah. everyone around him to, to do it. And, that, and then the classic scene was added in. Now, the funny thing about this film is, well, it's, well it's, it's called Clash of the Titans, but there are no Titans in this film. No, but it means like Clash of the Gods, doesn't it really? No, but the Titans were a type of god, but the gods that they use in this, they're not in this. Oh. <laughs> so then, anyway. Never mind. And the Kraken, release the Kraken, like the- isn't from Greek mythology, it's from Norse mythology, because oh. it was a different creature that Perseus fought. Okay. So... Weird, but this film, great. Uh-huh, yeah, it's good. Then they remade it in 2010. It's not that bad. I mean, it's not as good. With... That dude. Directed by Louis, uh, Louis Terrier. I forgot, it's got Liam Neeson. And stars, it? yes, stars Sam Worthington, Liam Neeson, who became famous for the internet meme, Release the Kraken! 
uh, Ralph Ralph Fiennes is uh, Fiennes, isn't it? Uh, Fiennes. And uh, J- Jason Fleming's in it. Gemma Arterton and uh, Natalia Voldanova plays Medusa. Now Medusa in this is this CGI hideous yeah, yeah, stuff. Yeah. Now this film was a, a train wreck. I think from the start, it was supposed to be a three D film. They didn't shoot it 3D, and then they made it 3D. And I actually I went to the cinema uh, with you, actually, didn't we? We went to watch it. I can't remember. In 2010, oh, when it came out. And we ago. saw it on, with 3D glasses, and the 3D was horrendous. Like, because I never they, liked 3D. Because they were stretched, and it was... Uh, yeah, but I've never liked 3D. Even if you've got something that's specifically 3D, it's not, it's not like great. Just watch it 2D, it's fine. Just get over the whole 3D thing. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, not many films come out come out in 3D these days, do they? No, I don't think it's worth it. It, it hurts your eyes as well. It really does. Like... Well, it's not suitable for everyone, isn't it? So, yeah. so this one was it was a mild success, wasn't it? As I well, said, I quite enjoyed uh, it. And this also yeah. it also matches the uh, previous film. Now, the pre- previous film I forgot to mention actually had Ursula Andress uh, in in it, mm-hmm. who at the time I don't know if you remember she was a Bond girl. So the remake of Clash of the Titans had Gemma Arterton. The thing is, with this one, it's nothing to do with Medusa because the poster is him holding Medusa's head cut off. So you already know that he's killed it's Medusa. Fair, like, if you look at that poster, I don't know what he's holding. It doesn't look like a head. It's it? a head. It's a bag it full of snakes. Like, it doesn't look like a head at all. It looks like it's far too big to be a head. It's far too big to be a head. It looks like a big crab, like he's bitten his hand off. With snakes And he's yelling around. about it. And he's going, Ow, oh, it hurts! It doesn't look a head at all. Yeah, so it's not a very good poster. Um, no. As I said, the special effects on... I said Natalia Voldova and Nova played Medusa, but you wouldn't tell because it's just a CGI mm-hmm. mess. Anyway, uh, they did make a sequel to this, oh, uh, yeah. Wrath of the Titans, two years later in uh, 2012, where Perseus has to brave the underworld to save his father and stuff. And Liam Neeson and Ralph Fiennes are running around. It's it's not very good, but there's no Medusa in it, so we don't need to you talk know what, about though? it. I quite enjoyed them, but I know they were, I knew they were going to be a bit rubbish, to be honest. But I liked them. I enjoyed the them. Se- the, the first one was okay. The first one was okay. The second one was awful. No, I liked that one. It was just I knew it was going to be silly though. Like yeah, I think my expectation was. Um, yeah. Oh, I think uh, with, any, with any film, if you put your expectations low. Like, you'll come out on top, won't you, really? That's not how you should go into films. No, but you know when you get all these reviews of films and everyone's giving it, oh, nine stars out of ten, you go, oh, you have you have high expectations. And then when you go and see it, if it doesn't meet your expectations, it's obviously a slight disappointment. So if you don't listen to the reviews and you just go in with your own sort of, like, free perspective... Yeah, your own, I think then, you should always go into a film with your own it'll, opinion. It'll kind of, like, it'll resonate to what it is for you, won't it? Not to what other people have said. And also you won't be disappointed because you wouldn't have heard all the stuff that other people have said. That's exactly what I, I do with Clash of the Titans. Clash of the Titans. Or Trash of the Titans. Trash of the Titans, that's what they should have called it. Uh, no! so, so a little bit of a uh, little weird random uh, fact about Clash of Titans. In the remake, they have Sam Worthington pick up Bobo the Clown. Is it Bo- Bobo or whatever his name is? Do you remember that? Bobo the Clown. Bobo, I think it is. The little robot clown. Uh, oh, the owl! Bobo the Clown, the Bobo the Owl, not Bobo the Clown. I you just said clown. <laughs> Bobo the Clown, that would be a completely different film, wouldn't it? I was trying to imagine there's not a clown in it. So in the 1980, <laughs> 1981, for some reason they wrote in, well, I'll tell you the reason they wrote it in. They wrote in this little mechanical owl called Bubbo, which is actually based off a of Bubbo owl, but the owl is actually based off a of barn owl, which isn't in that species. Anyway, they make this mechanical owl, owl, and it goes, boop, 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 
The only reason they put it in is because of the success of Star Wars and R two D two. So they put it. So worth it. <laughs> I love that owl. When I was little and I saw that owl, I was like, "Oh, this is my favorite thing in the film." <laughs> the thing I hated of the film. Why would you hate that owl? It's stupid. It's, it's so lovely. stupid. It's lovely. You got this really cool Greek. Uh, make you don't like Ewoks. Ewoks suck. Are you kidding? <laughs> Except for the one when he they get hit by the blast. No, one no gets when he gets killed. And he's get, he picks it. Goes, no, no, and the other one picks him up to go and run. And then he goes, come on, come on. And he's not moving anymore. And he's like, oh, no. Yeah, when I was little, I used to cry at that bit of the film. Oh. Anyway, that's, that's Return you, of the Jedi. really, really break my heart. So Bubba the Owl turns back up in Clash of the Titans remake. And Sam Worthington picks it up and goes, ugh, and throws it in the box. Uh, and apparently Sam Worthington hated it so much off the set. He said, what? The, the, owl? the owl. He said, you're ruining my career with this mechanical owl. And he tried to destroy it so it wouldn't be in the film. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, I just stepped on the owl. Oh, sorry, I just reversed over the owl. Sadly, it was the poor special effects and his acting that kind of <laughs> <laughs> Well, I suppose he's got the Avatar movies Not coming up. He's got the Avatar movies coming up anyway. So, moving on. Back to 2010 again. Uh, there was the Percy Jackson and the Olympians... The Percy Jackson. Percy Jackson. <laughs> Percy Jackson and the Olympians, The Lightning Thief. Selfish. Or shortened to Percy Jackson and the Lightning Thief. Now, this is a film that was based off a series of books by um, Riordan, or R- Rordan. I don't know how to pronounce his name. Rordan. Yeah, and it was, it was I, basically, I think they came out, made this film to kind of <laughs> come up with a new Harry Potter, like film franchise wise. It didn't work. It didn't. I think they only made two, uh, two of these films in the end. But this one was actually directed by Chris Columbus, who did Harry Potter. So it's, it kind of, you can kind of see what they were going for. Yeah, and Chris Columbus did the first Harry Potter film and the second. And if you look at those compared to the others... Yeah, but they, they launched the franchise. They launched the franchise, though. Yeah, but they're not as good as the others, though, are they? No, no. The best one's Azkaban. Especially, like, knows the that. layout of, like, Hogwarts isn't right, is it? No. Like, where's Hagrid's little shed? Well, it's, it's there, but it's, it's within the castle it's walls. Like, yeah, and so is the one, the Wamping Willows kind of. Yeah, it's the Wamping. But anyway, uh, this stars Logan Lerman, <coughs> who you may remember from uh, Perks of Being a Wallflower and other stuff like that. Brandon T. Jackson, uh, Alexandra Daddario, who you may remember from San Andreas and Baywatch movie. She plays the Rock's daughter and then the Rock's I mean, the love interest. Nothing like the Rock's yeah. daughter. But uh, the Rock's it also stars Steve Coogan and Uma Thurman as Medusa. Steve Coogan? Yeah, Steve Coogan's in this. Anyway, so this, the film is about a lightning bolt was stolen and Zeus is, accuses his son Percy Jackson, who doesn't really know his Percy uh, Jackson, Perseus, Percy, Perseus, you see. Oh, okay. um, and he's a teenager who's dyslexic and he's got ADHD and he's visiting the Museum of um, um, Metropolitan Art and he's attacked by a fury. It's uh, another, like a wraith or something like that, kind of. Mm. Anyway, uh, cut to a long story story. He goes to a camp and he meets other kind of mythical creatures and stuff like that. And it turns out his mate is actually a, a pan and has hoof feet and stuff. Uh, anyway, he eventually fights Uma Thurman. <laughs> and, uh, and chops her head off. So, um, yeah, Medusa hides herself as a, like a, a normal woman and then... She reveals herself. It becomes too late to escape. So the trio fight Medusa. And after a brief struggle, she he defeats Medusa by severing her head. So uh, that, bait, that bit stays uh, the same. But 
he, he in this one, instead of flying with his uh, Hermes wings that he's given, he delivers a head via, via Hermes. Well, in the book he does that. I, I'm not sure if he does that in the film, but it's. Uh, <laughs> as I said, again, it's a CGI mess nonsense on her head. She's got 55 snakes on her head of animated, and they were seen proud about that. On the poster, it looks like it's a whole CGI mess, doesn't it? Really? Yeah. I actually, I wanted to, I wanted to like this because I love Greek mythology and stuff. That's your, that's your downfall already. You wanted to like it. No, but you, the books are well received and stuff. And then you expect to. But you have expectations when you go. And see oh, you're telling film. me that you didn't have expectations when you went to see Harry Potter. I have no expectation at all. I have low expectations <laughs> in life. Oh, thank you. Cheers. <laughs> yeah, but I'm always pleased because I get great things because uh, I have low expectations. Anyway, moving on. It's the way to live. Moving on, this one's only uh, tenuously connected. In twen- t- 2016, it was Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. Again, based off a series of books by uh, Ransom Riggs, I think. It's starring Asa Butterfield, Evergreen. So name their child, Evergreen? No, I always thought it was Eva Green, another Bond girl. But I saw an interview with her yesterday, and she goes, Hi, I'm Evergreen. And I was like, that's genius. No, that's genius, Evergreen. And Samuel Jackson's in this as well. Basically, a boy called Jacob, played by Asa Butterfield, discovers clues to a mysterious um, mystery that spans different worlds and different times. And he ends up at this home for peculiar children. And everyone has this peculiarity, apparently, a, a power that you have and stuff. And his power is that he can manipulate other spectres and Isn't this just like X-Men? <laughs> well, yeah, but we've got... Well, with, ki- anyway. with kids. Oh, no, no, but X-Men. Though. Yeah. Anyway, there's twins in the movie. They're not central characters in the novel, but they were made for the film and stuff. Anyway, there's two twins in it that have their faces covered constantly. And when they reveal their faces, they turn people to stone. So that's the only connection in it. Seriously? That's a loose connection. It's a loose connection. That's terrible. That kind of leads into (laughs) the... That's your worst connection. Well, no, no, no. I've got some more. I've got some more. So here's some uh, honourable... They don't have any snakes on their head. Well, no, they, they're they hidden underneath the mask. Yeah, under the mask. You said that they didn't have any snakes on No, I didn't there. say that. You didn't mention the snakes. I didn't mention the snakes. I don't think they reveal their snakes. You just see their eyes and it goes, Aah! and then people turn to stone. There's no snake? No. Okay. Okay, so here's some honourable mentions, or dishonourable mentions, <laughs> if you want to talk about it. So there was the Atlantis TV show on BBC, <laughs> which uh, starts Gemma Roper uh, as Medusa. Now, in this That's TV... In this TV show, they had a man who's from our world gets lost from at sea. From our world? But his father goes missing. He ends up looking for his father, and then he ends up in Atlantis, which... Is As a, you do. Yeah, it was supposed to be Atlantis, but it's just like I'm a... Lost. It's just like a town... It's always Atlantis. It's just like a town on the coast, and it looks... That's what Atlantis is. No, but it, it, it doesn't... Again, yeah. you have high expectations. No, of Atlantis, Atlantis was described like. as this big circular city, yeah, and it's just this yeah. town on the coast. In Expectation the high. Anyway, for some reason... For some reason, he hangs out with uh, Pythagoras and Hercules, who's played by the guy from Full Monty and Fat Friends. Um, I can't that remember, guy! <laughs> I can't remember his name there. Anyway, he falls in love with uh, Medusa before she gets turned into Medusa. And then at the end of the series, ah. she turns into Medusa with the hideous that snakes. Sounds and terrible. Yeah, it's terrible. Uh, I've got to say, it is terrible, but I did enjoy watching it. Is it good? No. <laughs> but it's good to watch. But I think I, I kind of liked it because of the, again, Greek mythology. Yeah, but you know when sometimes films can be good, 
Like you're yeah, like, so so bad they're good. You can you can like artistically good, but then you can think, oh, I know it's good, but I don't really like it. I'm never going to watch it again. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, what was that? Um, Fish under the sea. I'm thinking of Back to the Future. Fish under the sea. That waterman. Woman. Shape of Water. That, that one. Yeah. You're never going to watch that again? No, nah, I'll never watch it again. <laughs> I can understand where it's I'll coming watch from. it when it's on at Christmas. I can understand where it's or, coming or from. Or Halloween. I appreciate, so. like, the meaning, and the, but I'd never watch it again. I know what you mean. Well, it's like Schindler's List. Great film. I can't watch that again because it's film, too upsetting. It's, 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 it's too... Uh, no, that you can't even say. That's just too upsetting to watch again. Yeah, but you won't sit down on a Saturday and go, oh, 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 but, uh, yeah. but some films should make you uncomfortable, and that film yeah, should yeah, make you uncomfortable. Yeah, but you wouldn't watch it... Yeah, I, I think it should make you feel good. But anyway, let's move, yeah. moving on to something more light-hearted. Like Jurassic Park, you'd watch that every day if you could. Yeah, but Jurassic Park and Schindler's List, maybe slightly different categories. Different anyway, different. moving on to something light-hearted. Now, this scared the bejeebus, bejeebus out of me as a kid. Now, do you remember jo- Johnny oh, Quest? Yeah, remember. <laughs> now, Johnny Quest in the 90s, from 96 to 97, Isn't was... No, that's that's Johnny Bravo. <laughs> Whoa, mama! Did you watch Johnny Bravo? Johnny know. Bravo is the guy who keeps oh, harassing yeah. women for dates, basically. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, Johnny Quest. It was a remake of a 1960s cartoon, and it's about a computer whiz kid called Johnny Quest, <laughs> and he battles international criminals using the resource of the Quest Foundation, and he fights them in this re- virtual reality domain called Quest World. And he had this villain called uh, Verg, I think it was. Anyway, in one of the episodes in the first season, I think it was episode 18, uh, Surge, that was the guy's name, uh, he lures Johnny into a maze. So like a Greek mythology maze. And it's almost like at the top of Mount Olympus in there. And there's this CGI like Medusa that Surge has turned himself into. And he turns Johnny's mates, uh, his back... Uh, bouncer called race uh, who was uh, protecting stuff and it's just like so trippy and really weird and it scared the bejeebus out of me as i was like what the hell is this what is this what is this i'm watching johnny quest running around and now he's fighting medusa he's turning people to stone and stuff it's one of the only episodes that stayed in my head yeah, you didn't expect that did you no i didn't you had it. no expectation of that therefore it did surprise you much yes oh. yeah. now other tv shows have had uh, medusa we've had you know land of the lost um has had a medusa pretty terrible makeup and i think even riverdale has uh, had a medusa in, in one of the episodes but one of the tv shows or one of the mentioned a more contemporary show was the remake of charmed now you like the remake of charmed don't you i i kind of like yeah it. it was entertaining well, it's still on the air, isn't it? Is it? Cause yeah. like, we don't. Like, we haven't. We 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 get it delayed from the states. Have like a season break, and I'm like, what's all that about? Can someone explain it to me? Why they have a break? The reason they have a season. Do they go on holiday? The reason they have the season break is because about money. It's about money. So if they um, break the season up into two, that's why the seasons are so long in America. They have yeah. 24 episodes yeah, in a season. Hard, and they have a season it? break. That's considered one season. They only have to pay everyone for one season instead of two seasons. So it's it's. The money's slightly cheaper. It's, okay. it's got kind of anyway. Charmed. They redid it instead of Piper Prue and Paige or whatever it was in the original it, one. They're like they're like Latino. Well, one of them. Well, then one of them's like one of them's the half sister. Yeah, one of them's half. So one of them kind of plays the the kind of season 
2 version of Charmed. Which was played after, by... After Prue dies. Rose... Rose McGowan. Rose McGowan, yeah. Yeah, so it's kind of like that, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, so but instead of Piper, uh, Paige and Prue, they're Macy, Maggie and Mel. And uh, so but the reason I mention this is because in, I think it's season one, episode 15, because they're connected to a university in the show, aren't they? Anyway, there's a, a woman gets uh, slut-shamed in, in the show oh, yeah. and she accidentally... Uh, summons Medusa and the Medusa is going around turning all the people who kind of slut shamed her and laughed and stuff into stone and stuff now in the original TV show Piper and Prue would probably just kicked Medusa broke her to stone or whatever and and got rid of her but talking about Medusa's original origins and about her being a victim of rape and stuff like that in this they go to go and attack her with the mirrored shield and stuff like that but Macy actually empathizes with Medusa and actually talks to her and says that she understands and she understands the oh, yeah. situation she's in and the horrible like feelings that she's trapped trapped uh-huh. in there and misunderstood and stuff. And then she says, we'll actually help the person who was uh-huh. ashamed and stuff. And then Medusa kind of like understands that and she turns to stone and then oh, okay. stops killing people. But I like the fact that it kind of referenced the original yeah, trauma yeah. Of, of, of Medusa and stuff, which I thought was kind of cool that a TV show actually did that. Especially in these in these times. Other stuff that we've mentioned, video games of any role playing game has a version of a Medusa in, in it from Dungeons and Dragons and Final Fantasy and God of War and stuff and Castlevania and stuff. But bizarrely, <laughs> musically, UB forty made a song what? called Madam Medusa off their signing off album from nineteen eighty one, which was actually about Margaret Thatcher, but they kept liking her to Medusa. <laughs> I just thought I'd throw that last one in there. So we've come to the end of the the, the film segment of the and TV shows. Which one of those do you think the, would you go back and watch out of all of the ones we just talked about? It's probably Clash of the Titans, isn't it? You're going to go back and watch. What the original one? Yeah, the original. Oh yeah, definitely go and watch that again. I would say out of the ones we've got, there's not really a, a good pickings here, is there? Is there? Clash of the Titans, 1981. Harry, Ray Harry has actually just go and watch Ray Harry has and stuff. Yeah. And watch the Sinbad movies and stuff. But start. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Start off with. Which one's the skeleton men in? Th- that's Jason and the Argonauts. Yeah, I like that one. But uh, which we could do an episode on. And gone, please. Yeah. But yeah, I, I would. It's it's obviously Clash of the Titans, isn't it? So, do you think this is the part of the show where we ask? Do you believe? Do you believe Medusa existed? I think she did. <laughs> someone's mind cray <laughs> no, cray I think like the whole stories of like the Greek gods and everything are so like far fetched and I know everyone has like different beliefs and stuff and I guess they did believe in all these people and to be honest what I like about them is that they're more kind of relatable than our sort of kind of modern gods see I think I think she did exist but I don't think she had snakes on her head and yeah, I I, 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 if you'd let me finish what I was saying, Henry, whoa, whoa, whoa. there's probably different versions of Medusa throughout throughout history, and even not in history, like you know, like oppressed women, and you can get oppressed men as well. You know that their stories aren't told, whether it's covered up or whether it's just the sign of the time where you know those things aren't relevant to kind of highlight issues of people being, you know, downtrodden. And especially with, to do with the gods and stuff, like it didn't really matter if anyone else suffered as long as the gods were satisfied. But nowadays, it's more like people's suffering is kind of more brought to light because I think people deserve that sort of, you know. 
recognition for yeah, the, the pain and stuff. Yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah, which I, I think it's maybe a metaphor, like the reason that she looks... You know in Big Fish, where he tells the tale of the witch? This is not how I die! Yeah, yeah. But, he, but he talks about the witch being hideous and stuff like that, and then you find out it's actually a real woman, and the only reason she's become hideous is the bitterness from their relationship and, yeah. and stuff like that. So I think if the, if someone like this did exist in the past and there was kings and stuff fighting each other, that maybe her turning into a monster was just a, a metaphor for yeah. how she felt about being mistreated by men and stuff like that. Or a metaphor for the women in that situation. Well, it's like a metaphor for anything, isn't it, really? If bad things happen to you, I mean, a lot of people bounce back, don't they? And they're like, that, you know, and they're, they're strong. But not everyone's strong, are they? So sometimes when bad things happen to people, like, they take in that badness, and then they, they kind of, the badness becomes a part of them in a way, and then part of them is, like, destroyed forever. Mm-hmm. And then and that depiction of Medusa with the snakes, that just embodies everything or the bad that happened to her, like physically. Yeah, which is why certain uh, women's movements now are trying to use that as a, uh, a symbol of strength instead, it's like you know, turning the anger and rage in in women from being uh, you know mistreated and stuff throughout the years, and actually using that as you know, yeah, we're fighting back, sort of thing. But in in what a weird thing. So turning it turning into turning a negative into a positive there. So yeah. even though like every tale I've heard about Medusa, like she doesn't really in any like story i've never really heard her like speak or anything except for like the modern ones and like say anything a lot of the time she's just kind of like screaming and trying to look at people yeah. Yeah. she never actually says anything which is really disturbing in a way and like it, again it could be a bigger metaphor for other stuff huh? yeah and like it, it's weird because like when bad things happen to people they they internalize them don't they and they hide them but in a way the bad things that happen to her are like really external and you can see them but then people looking at her just think, oh my God, you're a monster. But then what they don't realise is the monsters actually turned her into a monster. But then she can't, she never verbalises that, does she really? She never gets a chance to verbalise it until, like, she turns someone to stone and then yeah. it's too late. Yeah. So really... No. The sad the sad tale. Of, of... It's a very sad tale. So, anyway, so... Well, I think she does exist, in a way. Well, she exists... Well, she exists in anybody who reads the stories. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully, people don't read the like the children version, obviously, which is, doesn't no. mention this stuff. Then her true story eventually comes out. It's like anything, like throughout, uh, like stories are told differently. Unrelated, like I read Jack and the Beanstalk story the other day, and it's like he goes up, gets some beans, then goes to see the giant, then he steals his golden, like this chicken that yeah, makes a golden eggs. He's a thief. And then he cuts the thing down, and then the giant falls into the mountains, and then it's him and his mum get rich, and then the end, no like consequence for him. From him mom. rubbing, rubbing. It was such an awful story. Well, most terrible. of those stories, most of those stories are pretty terrible. No, but like it, it, as a children's story, it should have had a moral, like an ending, and it didn't. It was just like if you steal a hen that lays golden eggs, you'll be rich and you'll be set for life. The end. Anyway, we've reached the end of our show, so hopefully you've enjoyed uh, today's edition, Medusa edition. Uh, if you'd like to get in contact with us about anything we've spoken to today or any ideas for future episodes, please contact us on heyhofinito at gmail.com or you can follow me at Henry Finnegan on Instagram and Twitter. If you'd like to leave us uh, a rate and review, please, please do, as it helps us more than you know. Also, our guest a couple of weeks back, Dustin Butler from Anybody Listening Podcast, has, has got his new blog, Mixed Messages, come out. He's got a couple of reviews where he re- he reads a book and then he watches the film that's based on the book. So he's originally done one for The Martian. So he read The Martian 
and then he's reviewed the film from there. So check his uh, blog out, Mixed Messages blog on WordPress, or you can check his Twitter handle, which is Mixed Mess Message Media. Cool. Check that out. I'll put a link in the description for you so you can find it easier. Anyway, so thanks for listening. It's uh, been a great podcast. I've been Henry Finnegan. Thank you very much for listening to the podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you very, very, very much. <laughs> I've been someone. Hey ho, finito. Hey ho, I oh know what am I doing?